taste doom. I've got a head full of endorphins, serotonin, dopamine. I've pumped my body all day with cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline, and my entire hormonal system has been on fire all day long. Uh, I have invested a very uh, special amount of time doing interval training, getting really puffed, getting my breath back, getting really puffed, getting my breath back. And technically it's been an endurance event because I've been in the garden now for about four hours. So yes, I've been going the equivalent of a full marathon, but I've been doing that with getting puffed, getting my breath back, getting puffed, getting my breath back. Who cares, you say? Roa, you've been in the garden, who cares? What I've also been doing though, is I like to invest, uh, people would call it meditation, but I always take my headspace through a process of why do we do what we do and how does it work? And particularly from the human body, and of course I'm an exercise professional, so that's really important for me to constantly be learning, studying, analyzing, researching how the human body works. But one of the things I love to do, and here's a great tip, every time you exercise, every time you move, every time you do something, dance, lift, laugh, scratch your ear, <laughs> lift uh, a suitcase, pick up your child, pick up a cup of coffee, whatever it is that you do, uh, if you're an exercise professional, because this, this is our expertise, do you analyze what's going on inside your body? Where's the energy coming from? What joints are being used? What muscles are being used? Uh, what hormones are in, going into place? What's happening inside my body? And that's something that I've been doing for a really long time. Really cool way to learn your anatomy and physiology, by the way. Very selfish and very personal, but of course it makes you understand much better what's going on because you actually can, actually can feel it. So this is a really interesting question I'm going to ask, and it may be very controversial, but I figure I'm an old lady, so what the heck, let's be controversial. I think, and I'll, and I'll take a step back, I apologize and I'm embarrassed. Because I think as an exercise professional, we have totally screwed up the way people exercise. Because we haven't learned our anatomy and physiology and we haven't considered how the human body works. There's been so much information about exercise and training and reps and sets and times of the day and number of minutes and, and what are the best exercises that we haven't considered what's actually happening in each one of those areas. And maybe if you are an anatomist or a physiologist or an exercise physiologist, maybe you have done that. But I, I certainly came into the exercise profession as a person who listened to what everybody else said, believed them because they were an exercise physiologist or they were a professor of something, or they had 30 years experience or they had lots of clients and I was very impressed by them. So I believed them. Uh, I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology and that means that I took on other people's opinions and regurgitated them as my opinion. How embarrassing and what a ridiculous thing for a human being to do if I'm going to call myself a professional. So there you go, I've given myself a really good beat up here. Today though I've really carefully reconsidered what's going on inside the human body when we exercise. And what is the best way to exercise? Because I often ask this question. If you go back to zero-based thinking, what's the best way to exercise? If we didn't know anything, there were no gyms, no pieces of equipment, we didn't know anything about anything, all we could understand was how the human body works. So we had a really good understanding of anatomy and physiology and how all the systems work together. What kind of exercise program would we design? And there's evolution has to come into play here because the human body, anatomically and physiologically, hasn't evolved from hunters and gatherers. 
Uh, and of course that means, as you know, that if a wild animal's chasing us or a wild tribe is chasing us, we have to get the hell out of there. That's what the hormonal system, the stress system is all about. Epinephrine, adrenaline, adrenaline cortisol, catecholamines, high increased blood pressure, increased blood sugar levels, increased blood fat levels, and we can sprint. Uh, that's nobody's going to argue that because that's how that system works. It's called the fight and flight system for a reason. And that particular system uh, is designed to save our life. I'm going to make that very clear because this is what's been going through my head today. That is designed to save our life. So if you have a look now at the ABC of anatomy and physiology, and there's, if you look at the normal alphabet, there's learn the alphabet, then you learn how to put letters together to create words, and then you create words to create paragraphs or sentences, and then paragraphs and then chapters, and then maybe a book if you're going to write a book. But if we're going to learn something, should we learn the fundamentals first before we try and write the book? Should we learn the alphabet before we try and write English literature? What a great idea. So... From an anatomical and physiological point of view, should we know the muscles and bones? Of course, we're exercise uh, professionals. But should we know what, and I think more important than that, because you can Google muscles and bones. I think an understanding of uh, applied anatomy and physiology is more important, which is how does the human body use energy or create energy, use energy, to do the things that we want to do. And we are exercise professionals, so what is the best way to exercise to get the best result? And that's my question. If we went back to zero-based thinking, evolution, what's the best way to get the body, to save the body's life? What's the best way to save our life? And the fundamental alphabet is the energy timeline, the, the energy systems. Phosphate, lactate, aerobic. And of course, as an exercise professional, you have to know those, at least to pass a test. At max, I'd love you to know those and understand them and be able to explain them to a five-year-old child so that five-year-old child can then explain it to their friend. Because this is the ABCs. We learn our ABCs at about five, I think. So this is something we really need to understand. And the big thing that's hit me today really hard, and I've been uppercutting myself all day because I've really analysed exercise. Rowie, if we went back to zero-based thinking, there was no gyms, no programs, no history, no social media, no bodybuilding books, no nothing. There was just anatomy and physiology. What kind of exercise programs would we design for people? And I would love, please, for you to consider this. You're an exercise professional who knows those systems, even if you only learnt them to pass the test. I'm sure you know that the phosphate system is the first 10 seconds of 100% intense activity. Stored phosphates in the muscle get us the hell out of there because the wild animal's chasing us or the wild tribe is chasing us and we have to save our life. It's the fight and flight stress system. 10 seconds, go. Hard and fast, 100%. And that first couple of seconds is the really important one. Once you get into the lactate system, you can go really hard from 10 seconds to two minutes. Once you start getting really, really hard, you actually have to start pacing yourself. If you have told somebody they have to sprint for two minutes versus sprint for 10 seconds, it's a completely different headspace. Two minutes is a very long time to go really hard. And the reason it's a different headspace is if you've ever done it before, two things happen in the lactate system that we seem to forget as exercise professionals. Or maybe we haven't, we just don't understand it. Because we often hear in classes or in the gym, feel the burn, feel the burn, feel the burn. Now, I'm not sure what you think that means, but the burn is lactic acid, which is the waste product in the lactate system. So when you work really, really hard, 
Carbohydrates, the energy source, glucose is the energy source, it comes directly out of the, the uh, glycogen in your muscle. And if your muscle runs out, it pulls it down from the from the liver and obviously glucose for your brain. So that whole system's working together. But if you're going from as hard as you can from 10 seconds to two minutes, the waste product is lactic acid, as you would know. Now, how does that feel, lactic acid? It burns. It's lactic acid pushing up against the nerve endings and it causes pain. It's not exploding fat cells. It's not a spot reduction. It's not, oh, look, I'm blowing fat off my ass or I'm blowing fat off my arm. If I do that for two minutes flat out, I will start to get a burn in my arm. It doesn't mean I'm burning fat off my arm, of course, and I'm not, I'm not lifting anything, so I'm not getting any stronger. But I'm going to get this burning sensation. Uh, also, if I'm not very fit and I'm not used to that feeling because it's a chemical change in my body, I actually start to feel a bit sick. And some people will throw up in the lactate system. You'll often see that at the Olympic Games. Because at the Olympic Games, any run past 100 metres uh, in the sprint section, so the 200, the 400, the 800, very tough races, because they're in the lactate system. So those athletes have to build up a resistance to lactic acid. But often you'll see people vomit at the end of a, of a uh, lactate race because the chemical change in their body from lactic acid doesn't feel good. So we, we feel sick, nauseous, want to be sick, and we get this burning sensation in our muscles. So my question is always, why would I give that to somebody, particularly somebody who's really unfit and particularly somebody who hates exercise, why would I give them an exercise that makes them feel sick or gives them a burning sensation in their muscles? Phosphate system, no waste product. 10 seconds, 100% go. Lactate, 10 seconds to two minutes, waste product, lactic acid, lactic acid, makes you feel sick. And unfortunately, uh, burning sensation. Burning, I'm going to say that again, burning sensation. You might like it, but most people don't. It hurts. Once we get into the aerobic system, so now we can go from two minutes to forever because most people throughout the day, we're in our aerobic system. We're breathing in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We're burning a combination of fat and carbohydrate, a small amount of protein, and we can keep going for a really long time. So let's uh, analyze all of that from an exercise perspective. The general population, and it doesn't matter what country you live in, because this has come from the World Health Organization statistics, 50% of people are actively seeking not to exercise. Half of the people in the world don't want to exercise and they're actively seeking not to. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to exercise. The next 40% of people uh, intermittently exercise, and that's not because they do it uh, hard. They just every so often, they might be a member at the gym, they might play sport occasionally, they might go for a run every so often, but they're not doing anything that's giving them a exercise benefit for the rest of their lives. So 50% hate it, 40% I'll do it if I have to, but I really hate it, and I'll, it's not something I love to do, but I don't want to get fat or I don't want to not fit into my clothes or I suppose I should to be healthy. That's not motivated to do it. It's just do it sometimes. And then there's a 10% group that uh, know that they have to and do it most of the time. But if you compare that to how the world's doing physiologically, are we healthy? Are we fit? Are we strong? Are we, uh, do we have coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, all the horrible diseases? The answer is we're really screwed up. So the, the breeze is coming now and obviously you can see the sky behind me, it's getting dark. Uh, it's been an awesome day and I just wanted to share this with you at the end of the day. 
these awesome questions as an exercise professional, should we know the answers? So if people aren't exercising, they don't want to exercise, for 50% of people, the choice amount of exercise is zero, 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 inside of a donut, zero. So is it possible that the further we get away from zero, the less likely people are to exercise? So the closer we are to zero, the more likely people are to do an exercise program. So the shorter, the better. Could that, that would just sound logical, doesn't it? But physiological, save our lives. Save our lives is 10% phosphate. Save our lives is 100% effort. Now, here's a really cool thing. If I exercise at 100% effort in my phosphate system, so I go as hard as I can for 10 seconds, if you've ever done that, and I hope you have, I hope you get puffed on a regular basis, and I literally did that today over and over and over and over and over for four hours, got really puffed, got my breath back, got really puffed, got my breath back. As you get your breath back, you can actually feel yourself going into the lactate system. And then you can feel yourself going to the aerobic system because everything rebuilds itself. All the phosphates rebuild, the Krebs cycle goes through its process, and now we have a body that can go again because we've recovered from the high-intensity bout. If I go into the, unfortunately, into the aerobic system, that's where we're doing classes for 45 minutes. That's where we're... Uh, going for a run for 30 minutes that's where we're going to the gym for an hour or so and we might be doing high intensity bursts when we're at the gym or when we're, when we're doing a class and that's awesome but if we're sending people on a 30 minute plod jog or a one hour walk or we're doing aerobic training so just slow consistent training the results are going to be slow because it's slow <laughs> we're not putting in 100 percent effort we're putting in 40 50 50, 60, maybe 70% effort. Because once you get to, once you get, when you're working really hard, you start tapping into your lactate system. So now we have a real challenge because it's long, it's boring, it gives slow results, and that's what we tend to give people. If we give people short, hard, and fast exercise, close to zero, don't have to slide myself up, it's only 10 seconds. Every other system still gets worked because once I put into my 100% effort system, I still have to relax, calm down, recover so I can feel my body going through the process. And is it possible that if I have to be fit for something aerobically, so if I, if I have to go for a run for an hour, is it possible that if I sprint, relax, sprint, relax, sprint, relax, that I'm going to get fit enough to be able to do that? Now, I know the answer to that is yes because in my lifetime, I have run 21 full marathons. Half of them, I suppose, by doing long distance boring training, and that's why I've got sore feet, sore knees, sore hips. It's a functional exercise. Running's a great exercise, but if you bang your feet against the ground millions of times over and over, you're going to get some kind of overuse injury. Uh, I asked myself that question when I was running marathon why am I doing long distance training? So I started doing interval sprint training which means I sprinted, got my breath back, sprinted, got my breath back. And my last lot of marathons where I did my best times, I didn't do any uh, long distance training at all. The longest like, training I did was 20 minutes, sprint, get my breath back, sprint, get my breath back. Uh, much easier to train for a marathon that way. Marathon training takes a lot of time if you do it the old, boring, long, traditional way. So here's my question. Could you please consider some of the things I've asked? Just consider. Do we have to exercise for longer than 10 seconds to get a result? 
even if you love to exercise for an hour, could it be more effective like I have today? So today I've raked, got my breath back, picked, got my, literally picked weeds and gravel and dirt out of the ground, got really puffed, got my breath back, pushed the wheelbarrow as hard and fast as I could full of rocks for 10 seconds, stopped, got my breath back. So I did interval training all, all day. So technically I've been endurance training but I've really put some stress through my body physically. Awesome. And look what happens. Because when you use that stress system, uh, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, catecholamine system, then you promote ep- uh, the brain uh, uh, energizing drugs, I like to call them, happy drugs. So now I've got a brain full of dopamine, reward drugs, serotonin, satisfaction drug, endorphins. I've got a broken body, but because my brain's full of endorphins and it's been pumping them through my body, I don't hurt. Isn't that awesome? The human body provides you with pain-killing drugs so that you can exercise really hard. None of that works well in the aerobic system. All of that works incredibly well in the phosphate system. Sprint, get your breath back. Sprint, get your breath back. So to consider... If we want the most of the people in the world who don't exercise to even consider exercise, if we tell them they have to exercise for 45 minutes or an hour or even 30 minutes or even 20 minutes, it seems like a really long time. And it is. When you look at physiology, that system is aerobic and aerobic training is slow and boring and gives us slow results. You will burn fat, but very, very slowly. Most people want results now. And the beautiful thing with sprint training in that phosphate system is that not only do you get results really quickly because you're exercising at 100% effort, you change your respiratory quotient. It's getting cold out here now, so I'm finding it hard to talk. Um, Your respiratory quotient changes from being a sugar burner to a fat burner when you're resting, and that's the important thing, that you burn carbohydrate sugar when you're exercising. Yes, I never want to burn fat when I'm exercising because I want to be working so hard that I'm not tapping into the aerobic system. And the energy source for the aerobic system is carbohydrate and fat, about 50-50. I don't want to work there. I want to work at 100% carbohydrate so that when I'm resting, I burn predominantly, my respiratory quotient loves to burn fat because it needs to save and conserve my half a kilo of carbohydrate because that's the only carbohydrate we can store. 30, uh, sorry, a tiny amount half a kilo. It's a tiny, tiny amount. If you if you burn it up, you have to replace it. And that's the other exciting thing because I love bread and potatoes and chips and lollies and chocolates. And I love, and I'll rephrase that, and fruit and vegetables and cereal and bread and all of that is all carbohydrate. I love eating all of those things. And because I've got a body that's a fast carbohydrate burning machine when I exercise, a fast fat burning machine when I'm resting, I can eat what I want, burn it up. I'm really fit. I'm really strong. Now, that's my, that's me. It's not my personal opinion, though. That is anatomy and physiology. So what if the exercise programs we gave people were short, sharp, and fast? What if somebody did 10 seconds of sprinting in the morning and 10 seconds of sprinting in the lunchtime and 10 seconds of sprinting in the, in the evening? And as they got fitter, they put a few more of those in their day. And if they get stronger, then they can sprint harder. Strength training program, you want to be in the phosphate system because you, if you're lifting weights in the aerobic system, it's obviously too light. If you're lifting weights in the in the lactate system, it's obviously going to give you a burning sensation. So why not lift in the phosphate system? The important reason for lifting in the phosphate system too, by the way, is fast twitch muscle fibers. Those fast twitch muscle fibers, if you don't use them, you lose them. 
I'm the opposite. I don't want to lose them, so I use them. I want to be sprinting and lifting as heavy as I possibly can so that those fast twitch muscle fibers are constantly being used. The next part of that too, though, is that it produces adrenaline, epinephrine, cortisol. That only happens when you work really hard. And they are the neurotransmitters that keep you young and strong for long. They produce testosterone human growth hormone so that you have strong muscles and bones. This is a beautiful big picture. Big picture, as simple as this. Get puffed, get your breath back. Lift heavy, let your muscles recover. That means you'll get fit and you'll get strong. I'm going to say that again. Get puffed, get your breath back, you'll get fit. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Lift really heavy, let your muscles recover lift again. You'll know when to train again because you'll be able to lift heavier. If you're not getting stronger, you're not getting stronger. If you can't lift heavier, you're not getting stronger. So lift heavy, get puffed, which means you'll be fit and be strong. And then you will be able to be fit and strong for long. And it doesn't take very long. Isn't that awesome? I feel good. Na, 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 na. I knew that I would now. Na, 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 because I exercise very, very hard. Don't you love the end of the day? Have a look at the end of that day.